Hi, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Ghosted, the action rom-com starring Chris Evans and Anna DeArmas that's out now on Apple TV+. And joining me to talk about it is Jennifer Howell from Every Rom-Com, and we have a really fun conversation for what was a little bit of a disappointing movie, but we'll get into it in the conversation Lots of puzzle pieces to talk about. So before we get to that, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And also, I uh, just wanted to let you know that uh, we do have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, and from my music career. Lots of great stuff over there, and there's a few Piecing It Together episodes at the time of this recording that haven't been released yet, and will be sitting there in the Patreon until there's a good slot in the schedule. So uh, definitely check that out if you want more Piecing It Together sooner. So, with that said, let's talk about Ghosted. All right, today joining me to talk about Ghosted, we've got Jennifer Howell from Every Rom-Com, and this movie, oh boy, what are we going to do with this movie? Jennifer, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm, I was really excited to come on this podcast and talk about this movie, and now I'm still excited to come on this podcast, put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I I was looking forward to it too. I mean, we've got we talk a lot lately like in in my popcorn and puzzle pieces group and stuff like that like about movie stars and wanting to see mm-hmm. movie stars do movie star stuff and this seemed like one of those movies. And I I will say like right off the bat like I didn't hate this movie, but it's also <laughs> just so not good. I I don't know where did you fall on it? So I was super looking forward to this movie because I'm a huge Chris Evans fan and Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of rom-coms and I'm especially a fan of a well-done action rom-com. And the trailer for this movie, I thought, looked promising, looked good. Like, And so I think I'm actually going to come off a little harsher on this movie simply because my expectations for it were pretty high. And my expectations for these two actors together were pretty high, which we'll get to a little bit maybe in the puzzle pieces. But yeah. Absolutely. Well, before we get too deep into Ghosted, tell my listeners about you and your podcast. Yeah. So my name's Jennifer Howell. I do the Every Rom-Com podcast. We started it a little over two years ago. And kind of the reason I started this podcast is because there are a lot of film geek podcasts out there, but a lot of times they don't cover romantic comedies. It's not a genre that gets a lot of attention. And when it does, like, I mean, there might be other podcasts like mine out there, but a lot of the romantic comedy podcasts I have seen are more like commentary based, like a few friends having fun talking together. And like we do that, too. We have fun talking together, but we also kind of do deep dives with research. Mm -hmm. We do some film analysis. We're trying to compare these films to like other films and other genres. We're like bringing other knowledge in. So I just really wanted to make like a film geek rom-com podcast so if you're like a little rom-com curious and you're a film geek i think we have a home for you over at every rom-com and we and we like to cover like movies that are a little bit like on the edges of the genre or perhaps not even in the genre right like we've done true romance we've done wet hot american summer we do movies that are just a little bit on the side and we've done some action rom-coms like we did twister and romancing the stone so like that's a genre i love and i just wanted to 
talk about a genre I love so much. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great show, and uh, I had fun being on there. And yeah, I mean, to to that point about like rom coms not getting as much coverage on on movie podcasts and and film geek podcasts. I mean, I think part of it maybe is that like eighty percent of this world of podcasts is dudes. And like they're just maybe more interested in whatever the next Christopher Nolan movie is or whatever the hell it is. Oh, absolutely. And that's true, I think, in filmmaking and film festivals as well. Like you don't see that genre screened as much as a film festival, whereas yeah. you'll like see like the schlockiest action and horror movies, which I love. Sure. But you'll see those regularly getting like screen time. Right. But even the best rom-coms kind of struggle to, to get respect and to get kind of out there, which yeah. is too bad. Absolutely. Well, I guess we got to do it. Let's get into Ghosted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, like, like you said, uh, I, you know, I was also looking forward to it because of the stars. And, uh, you know, Anna Darmus is, I think she's on a roll still. I know a lot of people hated Blonde. I actually am a defender of Blonde. I think that they were trying something that's a very difficult movie to make, but uh, I, I really liked it. And I'm really looking forward to her in, in this John Wick spinoff. Chris mm. Evans is, you know, one of the few people I feel like to make it out of the Marvel machine as, <laughs> you know, a bona fide star. And so I, I was looking forward to it. And Dexter Fletcher is a very capable filmmaker. Uh, I love Rocket Man, but... Yeah, that's that's about it. Though. <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing else to it, kind of. Yeah. The, the thing that I found wild about this movie is I don't feel like it did justice to any of the genres that it was trying to capture. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like the action was constantly being undercut by like stupid pop music cues that would just take me right out of it yeah. or by people doing like totally implausible things like in the middle of an action scene. And I felt like the romance was really not there it was very like paint by numbers and very like not paced properly yeah and then the comedy such as it was like there was a little but there was nothing consistent about it there was nothing consistent in the tone and it was just kind of felt like it was stuck in and mostly what the comedy did for me was undercut the action i sure. almost wish they just made this into a romance action movie and mm. cut out one of the genres i don't know what do you think about the genre balance here yeah i i actually completely agree i think that if you're going to fall flat on something, like cut it out because you've got these two other genres to like kind of carry it. And so just, yeah, just go all in on action, go all in on romance yeah. if you don't have the jokes. And I mean, it really feels like they're barely even trying on the jokes. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I laughed like twice maybe. And yeah. these are people who can pull off funny moments, but yeah. they're, they're just not here. Um, even Amy Sedaris is in this. And I love Amy Sedaris. I'm a huge Strangers <laughs> with Candy fan. Um, but she doesn't get to do anything funny. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, it's a weird balance of tones that I, I'm not quite sure why, uh, Dexter Fletcher made this movie. Like, I, I'm not sure what uh, appealed, uh, to him about, about this particular project, but you know, we, we'll figure out maybe <laughs> some of these things along the way. Let's start getting into some puzzle pieces. What do you have for your first piece? Oh, good. I get to go first. Okay, so I've, I've got a bit of an interesting one as my first piece. And while I'm not sure if it inspired this movie in any way at all, uh, it may, I thought of this movie immediately because a lot of the talk about this um, movie has been its cameos, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of MCU cameos and other cameos. So my first choice is a movie called What's Your Number from 2011, which is a, another Chris Evans rom-com, this time a straight rom-com with Anna Faris. 
And at the time, these were not cameos, okay? But there are three other MCU people in this rom-com. And when you watch it now, after watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's really delightful to see this. So you've got Anthony Mackie showing up in this movie. You've got um, Chris Pratt showing up in actually a pretty significant role in this movie. Of course, he and Anna Faris were like, I think, together at the time. Mm -hmm. And then you've also got Martin Freeman showing up, who, of course, was uh, the agent in Black Panther. And it's a really funny movie. So this is a rom-com. I think some people don't like it because they think the gimmick is stupid and some of the humor is a little juvenile. But yeah. I think it's actually legitimately funny, especially the scenes Anna Faris does with Martin Freeman. And it's romantic. Like Chris Evans can be a really fantastic rom-com lead when he's given good material, when he's given kind of a juicy character. He's kind of naughty in this uh, movie. He's a little bit of a player character. Mm. And I actually think Chris Evans' appeal is very strong when he's given a little bit of an edge, which he does not have in Ghosted. So I guess the reason I'm choosing What's Your Number as a puzzle piece is first having these other Marvel characters in the movie. Sure. And second, just like showing Chris Evans' potential as a romantic comedy lead. And if you just want a straight rom-com, like you cannot, I think you can't go wrong with What's Your Number. I think its detractors tend to be more women who want uh, more pure romance. So I think men, male audiences actually might respond to it pretty well because some of the humor is kind of silly. Yeah, it sounds like I I've actually never seen it in like just hearing that cast and hearing about how the humor kind of uh, plays into it. Like it, it sounds like one of those. This is like a, a hidden gem. Like it's actually really funny, even though it got horrible reviews at the time. And <laughs> now, now I kind of want to watch it. It sounds really fun. Yeah, I, their, their chemistry is great in that. And Anna Ferris, I think, is really underrated and underutilized at times. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, I'll go for my first piece talking about the cameos and talking about, uh, you know, kind of the kind of movie this is. I'm going to go with Netflix's Red Notice from a couple years ago okay. with Gal Gadot, uh, The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. Um, that just feels like they threw these three actors together and said, forget script, forget story, forget originality. Uh, we will coast on stars alone. And, you know, Spoiler alert, audiences actually kind of liked it. And I okay. think like general audiences probably will like Ghosted as well. Like people who are a little less discerning and uh, aren't looking for necessarily anything that's going to reinvent the wheel. I, I, I think they might actually enjoy this movie. I'm, I know it just came out this weekend. I'm not quite sure where the uh, audience reaction uh, falls on it, but I know my dad was like super psyched about Ghosted, and like <laughs> yeah. I think there are there is an audience for this, regardless of how little I felt worked in it. Um, mm. it's it just people like to see these kinds of stars in pretty locations doing action with. You were talking about how the so the pop songs like undercut the action. I think to a lot of people, it'll just be like, oh, that's funny. Like, mm. you know, and I don't agree, but I feel like this is something that a lot of people are into. And uh, I don't know. Red Notice. Are, are they making sequels to Red Notice? I think I feel like they are. But I actually have not seen Red Notice yet. If you it, say it's worth seeing, I will check it out. But I actually I liked know. Ghosted more than Red Notice. Uh, OK, which, never mind. Never oh, mind. yeah. I would say don't see Red Notice. But, uh, you know, neither of them are very good. Can I just say about the pop songs really quick, though, that to me, it just felt like they took a random individual's iPod and just selected songs off of it. Yeah. Like they, the songs didn't even match tonally throughout the film. It's like one minute we're doing classic rock, then we're doing a contemporary song. Yeah, I was like, I was so confused. And the minute they turned 
the pop songs off on that like van or bus chase scene. Like then I was really invested. I was it was so stark the difference between how yeah. invested I was in that action. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird too because like they have a composer and yeah. like you know they 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 transition from the pop song into like really big action music and it's like just score the damn movie. Like Yeah. You know. <laughs> 100%, 100%. Well, what do you got for your next piece? Oh, I'm torn between which one to go with, but I'm going to go with um Knives Out for my next puzzle piece, which is, sure. of course, the 2019 Ryan Johnson film in which Chris Evans and Ana de Armas like acted together. And so originally, actually, Ghosted was going to have Scarlett Johansson in that role. Did you know this? Like, I read about this. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't know that, though. Yeah. So, I mean, that's interesting to me. I think it could have been interesting. I don't think she would have saved the movie, but I, but but then I'm interested in why they went then to Ana de Armas, and I know the reason why they went with Ana de Armas. I can just see it. There's so many there's so many pieces that relate to this. But one big one was after Knives Out, there was like a significant number of people kind of shipping Chris Evans' character with Ana de Armas's character in that movie, mm. even though they're not involved in any kind of real romantic situation there. But they had such great acting chemistry with each other just in the few scenes that they shared, and they looked really attractive together. And you were kind of like almost like, oh, it's kind of a shame these two aren't acting in this type of role together. And then, of course, they were together again, not really as much interacting in The Gray Man from Netflix. Sure. But this was kind of their this is one of the reasons I was so excited about this movie. And I bet a lot of people, other people are, too, is they remember the Chris Evans and Ana de Armas from Knives Out. And they're like, I want to see this finally come to fruition. I want to, you know, see what they can do when they're given romance. And. So I'm pretty sure that was one of the big reasons for her casting here. And it's just, oh, it's that's why it's so disappointing that it just really didn't pan out. I went back and rewatched Knives Out again just to get a little bit of their magic back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Knives Out is so good. And yeah, I, I think that you're right. Like you, you kind of can draw a straight line, like Knives Out, Gray Man, like straight to this. And uh, you, you see what they're trying to recapture and what they're trying to like give the audience who's been like waiting to see this. Yeah. And you get the appeal. Like it totally makes sense why, uh, you know, why they would make a movie like Ghosted. And it feels like it should be fun and it feels like they should have that chemistry. Um, it just doesn't work out. I think mostly on script, but maybe direction as well. Yeah. Um, I, it's it's hard to kind of put a finger on exactly what like made this not work, but you know, there's a <laughs> lot, but um, I, I'm going to go with two pieces actually for my next one, because right. I think they both go together and they kind of continue along the lines of some of the stuff we've been talking about here. Uh, two movies from last year, the lost city with Channing Tatum mm -hmm. and Sandra Bullock and shotgun wedding with JLo and Josh Duhamel. Uh, both movies that are trying to recapture that, uh, you know, action rom-com thing that has been a genre for many, many years. And, you know, we may have some other puzzle pieces along the way that are, uh, you know, better examples of the genre. Um, but it feels like we're trying to bring that back. It feels like we have these stars right now. Um, let's use them because they have that, they have that charisma. They have that, the action movie chops. They, could work in a rom-com and so let's let's throw all those kind of ingredients into into this uh gumbo and and see if it all <laughs> kind of comes together and i definitely think the lost city is the best of the bunch um i really like the lost city but you know you need the jokes and the lost city had the jokes i think that's yeah. like the biggest thing that 
sets these movies apart. The Lost City was really funny, whereas, you know, Ghosted just doesn't have the jokes. And if it did, I think it could have been another movie, you know, as good as that. So another thing, I went back and actually rewatched The Lost City because I didn't actually initially like it that much upon my first viewing. Mm -hmm. But when I watched it compared to Ghosted, I was like, okay, this movie knows more what it's doing because it was seeding in some of these romance tropes that are tropes for a reason that you kind of need to have, like people forced to be kind of naked together, people forced to kind of have to share a bed together. That The Lost City had those tropes. And they're, they work, you know, they work to kind of build tension between the characters and kind yeah. of get you interested in their romance. And I just felt like Ghosted is like, we're going to put this like little montage at the beginning. And it's no montage from Up, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then we're going to like coast on that and have them bicker a little bit while they're fighting. And, and that's going to somehow be a romance. And I'm like, no, no, no. You got to bring somebody in who knows what they're doing. They could have brought a fanfic writer in from Archive of Our Own and just fix this shit up. I don't know if I can swear on this show. I'm sorry. Swear, swear away because this movie <laughs> okay. freaking sucks. But uh, <laughs> I, you know what? That's a good point. Like the bickering, like bickering. Yes. Bickering is always a part of rom-coms, but like there's got to also be spark. And mm-hmm. you, don't, you, you don't have both of those things here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing I noticed from Lost City. So there's a scene where Chris Evans's face is kind of pushed against the van. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where do I remember that from? Channing Tatum has his face pushed against the van in a chase scene in Lost City. So there you go. Nice. There you go. Another connection. I love it. Uh, let's go to another piece. What do you got? Okay, so I'm going to go. You were talking about better like action rom-coms exist, right? And I'm going to go with, like for me, the best example of the action rom-com ever made which is Romancing the Stone from 1984, directed by Robert Zemeckis, written by Diane Thomas. Impeccable script. And I feel like every, it was was surprise success when it came out. Like nobody expected this movie to do well. And I think the fact that it did do so well has kind of, you know, kept this genre kind of alive. Of course, you see action romance a lot, you know, with Bond movies too. Like, don't get me wrong. But like, I think this particular blend, people have been trying to recapture it. Lost City was cribbing from it pretty directly. Sure. And um, I do also see, though, some plot similarities that they used in this movie, even though it's a little bit of a different milieu going into this spy, you know, kind of region. Mm -hmm. We have like Chris Evans character is kind of a fish out of water, much like Joan Wilder's character in Romance in the Stone. He's yeah. still trying to carry around luggage when it's really far past the time that he should be. Um, he's a guy who hasn't traveled before. Yeah. And so he's kind of ill-equipped to enter into this action. And there's also like one direct line that like I feel like must have come from Romancing the Stone, maybe even on a subconscious level. So there's a scene in um, Romancing the Stone where they're in the middle of the action and Michael Douglas says, romance novelist, my ass. Chris <laughs> Evans here says, art curator, my ass. So oh, like, sure. Maybe, maybe maybe it's not a direct link, but like I, I immediately pinged in my head when they said that. Yeah, that's got to be. Yeah. That's got to be. It makes too much sense. That's that's and that's a that's a great little uh, reference. I, I take it back. That's one more joke that uh, kind of lands. <laughs> but but one thing one thing I need to say about Romancing the Stone, though, like which is like people who are making this type of movie should watch, should look at Romancing the Stone and look at its script as kind of a masterclass in how to balance the genres, because this movie is maybe the only one that has successfully balanced all three by having the romance kind of motivate the character arcs, but then having a plot that's really strong and incredible and it makes sense. And then by having the comedy be kind of this cool B plot that comes in and doesn't disrupt the tension of the action or disrupt the tension of the romance, really. 
Because mm. if you put too much romance in the, or comedy in the middle of your romance, it's not sexy anymore. Sure. Right. And if you put too much comedy in the middle of your action, you get taken out of it. And that's something that Ghosted kept doing. And Romancing the Stone just builds that tension. It makes the action scenes pure action. And it's that's what drives you along. That's what keeps you invested in that movie. And ah, I just want people to, to check that out before they make another one of these. <laughs> yeah, it should be required viewing. Absolutely. And I actually just saw it for the first time last year at, oh. to use as a puzzle piece for the Lost City episode. Because, nice. yeah, I mean, it, it's like, you know, such a clear inspiration there. And uh, yeah, I think it definitely fits here as well. And uh, it, you're right. It balances all three of those tones so perfectly. And it's uh, it's a great movie and a great example of this genre. So um, yeah, great piece to include on this list, uh, definitely. You mentioned Bond in passing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Bond as a puzzle piece here, <laughs> just in general. I mean, obviously we had Anna Darmus in a Bond movie just recently. Yeah. Uh, but if we go to our villain here, who also had a lot of potential for being a lot of fun, because I do yeah. love Adrian Brody, especially when he gets to cut loose. And Adrian Brody with a silly accent, with his like... <laughs> evil little bugs and stuff like that. I mean, this could have been really, really fun. Um, If I'm being completely honest, I don't even remember what his plot was anymore. And I just watched this movie like three days ago. Yeah, it was something like he was an agent for the French intelligence and then they kind of left him in the dust to die and then he decided it wasn't worth it. So he decided to sell them out. Yeah. There yeah. you go. That that I watched sounds it. About I watched right. it last night. So there you go. again. So <laughs> thank you for filling in the blanks there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there's there's so much bond here, and you know, it's definitely trying to play with all the super spy stuff, all all the uh, you know the the little like uh you know special weapons and things like that and uh then kind of like throwing in some of the romance throwing in you know a few jokes here and there but and all the globe trotting and all that kind of stuff like it's playing in the bond playbook but then uh trying to like trying to kind of tip the scales towards romance but you know again without you know that actually landing a hundred percent but it feels it feels fully inspired by bond though yeah, and I wish they had leaned into like the Bond a little more, like either the silliness of Bond or the seriousness of Bond, like either direction. You could have sure. gotten so much mileage. And like those bugs, I mean, they were probably really expensive CGI bugs, but they were interesting. I would have liked to see another use or two of those bugs throughout the movie, have that be like more of a serious threat because it yeah. was so weird. And I also feel like they really like lavished more attention on Levesque, the Brody character, even though you didn't remember his motivation. But even so, I feel like when he gave his speech about his motivation to me, I was like, that is something these writers cared about. Sure. Like, right there. I can tell that they cared about this character. I, I Just lean into that. Like, I think sometimes maybe writers like maybe they have to because they've been assigned this, but maybe they keep leaning into a mission that they don't really believe in when they've discovered something they like more. And I wish they would just go towards the thing they like more or would be given that power to go towards the plot part that is interesting them more. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think like if my biggest takeaway from this is like somebody needs to give Adrian Brody a good like silly accented villain role to play <laughs> because I want to see more of that just in a better movie. So Let's watch the Levesque prequel. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Let's do that. Oh, man. What do you got for your next one? Okay, so I don't I don't know if you or your audience has seen this, but one of the more recent uh, successful action rom coms is Night and Day from 2010, spelled K N I G H T. 
um, directed by James Mangold and starring Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. And this is a kind of more direct relationship to Ghosted in that we have a CIA agent and a woman who falls in love with that agent. Um, I think this movie is so much fun. I don't think it's the best movie, mind you. I don't think it's romancing the stone level, but I think it's really fun. And part of that is because they just allow Tom Cruise to have this manic energy and be like really like into his action scenes. Um, the action scenes don't seem 100% serious, but you're invested in them because they're just fun and like paced well and not interrupted by stupid pop music. Mm -hmm. And the romance actually kind of works in this too. And I think it's also because they didn't like handicap themselves by hooking the couple up before the action begins. I think it's so much harder to create tension when the couple has already had sex before you even start, you know, the main thrust of the movie. Sure. And here you have Cameron Diaz is kind of just unwittingly like put into Tom Cruise's world and she falls in love with him gradually over time, like being, you know, sort of interrupted by moments of suspicion, like who is this guy and danger? Like I need to save my life, but it, it just, it works well. Those two work so well together. They both done ro romantic movies. They both done action. And it's really nice seeing them together, seeing what they can do. It's just a fun popcorn movie. It's the kind of movie you would like this movie to be ghosted. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's like, just really, very small similarity in the plot i guess in that at one point they have to like parachute out of a plane and they use the parachute as like some kind of shelter um i don't know if these writers watched ghosted but i feel like you know it's kind of a cousin to this movie anyway sure absolutely i you know i haven't seen it since it first came out and i remember how uh you know critically you know, trashed it was at the time. And I think it didn't huh. do very well at the box office either. But I feel like it's been like kind of reassessed lately and people are really talking about it in a, a more positive light. And I, I feel like I need to rewatch it. Maybe it has to do with Tom Cruise just being on yeah. top of the world the last few years. So uh, that could be why. But yeah, I, I definitely want to revisit it one of these days. Yeah, if you just go into it expecting it to be kind of silly fun, like, I think it's a great ride, you know, like not all Cameron Diaz's actions in the movies make a lot of sense, but that's the universe it's built. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I will go with another piece. Um, just last week on our Mafia Mama episode, uh, guest Joe Black brought up this movie as a puzzle piece. And so I was like, man, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. I'm going to go back and rewatch it. And then I realized, like, this is a perfect puzzle piece for Ghosted. Uh, it's If Looks Could Kill from 1991 with Richard Grieco. Mm. Um, <laughs> Richard Grieco's character. It's basically uh, the same thing with Chris Evans' character. Just this kind of no ambition kind of pretty boy uh, ends up falling into being a spy. And uh, in that case, it's because he's mistaken for somebody with the same name who's actually supposed to be picked up at the airport and be this like super spy, uh, which is a little different from the way Chris Evans ends up falling into it in Ghosted. Uh, but similar kind of trajectory once we get there. And to me, the biggest difference really is just uh, the Chris Evans character's family is so much more supportive of him in Ghosted, mm. whereas in, in uh, If Looks Could Kill, Richard Grieco's family is just like totally trash talking him the whole time. So uh, those are the big differences in the characters. But otherwise, Pretty Boy falls into being a spy. I think uh, it fits really well. Nice. I haven't actually seen that one. So it sounds a little bit similar to the comedy The Man with One Red Shoe with Tom Hanks, but... But yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's ridiculous. It's very early 90s, <laughs> um, but I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have next? 
Okay, I have a very dissimilar puzzle piece. And actually, my husband noticed this independently of me, too. At the beginning section of the movie where they're trying to have like the romance, um, one puzzle piece I had for that was the Before series and also the romantic comedy that Chris Evans directed. He's only directed one movie, and it was a rom-com, Before We Go. Because hmm. both of these movies are following a couple around on a date that kind of just keeps going on. Like... They're not in those movies. They're not really intending to be on a date, but it just kind of falls into that. But sure. I think like I think Ghosted was kind of trying for that kind of vibe. Like they're walking around strolling with their coffees. They're looking at sort of like these like sort of interesting tourist sites and romantic canal walks and stuff like that. And they're talking about their lives. And I think this is something that is done a lot in movies unsuccessfully. Yeah. And before sunrise, before sunset, you know, et cetera, they made it look easy, yeah. but it's not easy at all. Like the writing that went into the, those movies, um, the depth of the conversation. And you almost kind of need a whole movie length movie to get into those kinds of conversation. That's what made it great. Um, yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't work most of the time to kind of try to build a romance over an extended day, especially if you're trying to do that in like five to ten minutes. So sure. But, but yeah, it was a noticeable technique they were trying to use to build the romance up between them. Yeah, it's an admirable thing uh, to try to get to the before series. Um, but yeah. it's, you know, it's like you said, it takes a lot of writing. It, it has to be pulled off just perfectly. And those movies are perfect. And yeah. uh, I've never seen Before We Go. I actually had no idea that he had directed a movie. Um, yeah, it, it's unfortunately, it's not very good. Like, yeah. I don't know if he could have directed it any better than he did. I think it was really down to the script. And he mm -hmm. starred in it as well. So it's a real challenge to direct and star in something. Sure. So I wouldn't per se recommend it, but it's it's an interesting note because it shows that Chris Evans really does care about the romantic comedy genre, the romance genre, which is kind of cool. I respect right. that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll catch it one of these days. I'm curious. <laughs> let's put it this way. Even if it's not successful, I'm very curious uh, how how it would turn out. But um, yeah. I'll go with a little one. This is just for like one sequence of the movie towards the end. Uh, I'm going with John Wick 2. Uh, because once there's a ten million bounty, ten million dollar bounty put on the head of the tax man, and then there just happens to be all these bounty hunters just like ready to go, and uh, it kind of gave me a little bit of John Wick vibes that oh, there's like yeah. all of these people in this network that are like just ready to like go hunt down somebody for millions of dollars, which is I you know it's just action movie stuff, but uh, it reminded me of that. Yeah, that was like a kind of a fun moment for a second until I realized we weren't going to get to see more about any of these bounty hunters. <laughs> right, I was like, sure. I want to see who these characters are. Like, uh, I was I was interested in that. Yeah. Yeah, that could have been, uh, you know, a good setup for better cameos, possibly, which can we talk for a quick second oh. as a tangent about how awful Ryan Reynolds is in this movie? Oh, yeah. What the hell was it's like he wandered in from Anchorman, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what was happening. The tone was so wrong. Yeah, you can expound on that if you want. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, no, no. Saying that he like wandered in from Anchorman is perfect. I mean, it's totally like a purely slapsticky thing. And I, I love Anchorman and I love like really silly movies, but it just doesn't fit whatsoever. <laughs> and because it doesn't fit whatsoever, it's not funny at all. Like it's just yeah. so bad. 
And you've already got this like CGI action scene that we have to suspend our disbelief to believe that like we're watching this really happen, right? And then you yeah. plop that in the middle of it. And I'm, and they'd already put like another freaking pop song in there too for that matter. And I'm like, like, don't you trust your ability to have an action scene that we'll want to watch? Like, can't you just do that? Like, yeah. I would love to watch your rotating restaurant action scene, please. <laughs> <laughs> that se- that sequence will come up again in my final puzzle piece, by the way. But <laughs> okay. uh, awesome. what, what do you have for your next one? Well, can I drop one that's like just general MCU stuff? Can I just could I just throw those out there? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So so there's so because I know that Scarlett Johansson was originally supposed to be in this movie. When I see Chris Evans tied to a chair, I and it, when I even saw the trailer before I knew about Scarlett Johansson. I immediately thought of like the scene where Black Widow is in Avengers and she's tied to a chair and being interrogated. Sure. Like, granted, she wasn't being interrogated with bugs, but I feel like if Scarlett Johansson had been in the role she was intended to be, that would have played even more directly into yeah. our MCU collective memory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Then there's, of course, the scene where Evans like is like about to like gear up to punch somebody like Captain America vibes right sure. there. Um, did you notice this? Cause you're, you do film scores. My husband says he's not sure if this was here, but I think it was there. I feel like there was a very small strain of Avengers music right after Evans hits the guy in the face with the cactus. Like he hits the guy in the face with the cactus. And then I heard like, I can't do, I can't reproduce the music now in my head, but listen for it. If you ever watch this movie again. For some, for any reason at all. <laughs> yeah, if that ever happens. But you know what? I could totally see them doing that. Like I didn't notice it, but uh, that would make sense, and that would actually be pretty funny if it uh, if it if they did do that. Yeah, I feel like it was just enough that they could avoid like anybody being like, "Hey, now," you know, yeah, what I, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I feel like Evans losing the sort of running race up the Exorcist steps to De De Armas. It felt like a reference to him lapping Sam in Winter Soldier. Okay. Uh, there was a line his sister says to him. When he gets back from the date, it says it's not like he was fighting the Germans. I'm like, okay, Mm. okay. And then, of course, we have the cameos. We have Anthony Mackie showing up. We have um, Sebastian Stan showing up, which, uh, you know what I wish they would have done? Like, this is a little bit of a tangent. But what I wish they would have done is had Sebastian Stan show up, be the X character Mm. and be a credible rival for Ana de Armas's affections thereby generating some jealousy and interest instead of having these like goofy cameos, which, you know, they were kind of fun. But really what people want to see is they want to see Chris Evans and Sebastian Stan acting together. I mean, sure. that's what they this is fan service. A lot of this movie, if you, yeah. if you ask me. <laughs> Absolutely. I think you're right. Like it's fan service for the most part. And I, I think that, yeah, there's just better ways that they could have implemented them to make it, you know, a better story and make it a, a lot more fun. I, I was just wondering, like, we're talking about all these cameos. Can we consider the exorcist stairs a cameo? Like, <laughs> can an inanimate object be a cameo? Maybe. Yeah. 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 They're trying, they're using the heft of those stairs. Yeah. Yeah. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> oh boy. All right. I'm going to go with my last puzzle piece, which uh, I said, it's going to have to do with that, um, that whole final action sequence where we're in this, uh, I guess it's like a space needle type thing where it's like a revolving restaurant and it's kind of flying around in circles. And uh, I thought of Bullet Train, another recent puzzle piece, another movie from last year, actually. It seems like most of my pieces are like from the last couple of years. But um, (laughs) I thought of that because like it just totally goes into just pure CGI nonsense. Like and. (laughs) 
you know, the whole film in Bullet Train, which, you know, love it or hate it, it, it seems like a lot of people really like that movie. I was kind of down on it, but, like, that's another movie that, like, undercuts a lot of the action with, like, either soundtrack choices or just jokes or, you know, anything to kind of remove stakes and make it just silly. And mm-hmm. once we get to the end, it's just so off the rails and with the, the entire train flying through the air, it, it reminded me a lot of just how... We're just slowly but surely heading for an ending where just nothing really matters. It's just like, I guess we're just along for a ride and <laughs> whatever's going to happen happens. But there's no, none of this has any weight whatsoever. Wow, you're really making me not want to watch Bullet Train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Some people love that movie. What can I say? But... <laughs> wow. So uh, do you have any other pieces you want to bring yeah, up? Yeah, like I have a few more. I can just bring them up briefly if, sure. if we're kind of winding down here. So one puzzle piece I had was the, again, in the opening, they have Chris uh, Evans being this kind of like farmer who's at a farmer's market. And this, I think it's supposed to be like a DC suburb, maybe like a quaint little suburb or something, but maybe it's supposed to be in the city, but they make it look like a quaint little small town, but like also very diverse. Mm-hmm. And that reminded me right away of like a Hallmark movie. Okay, oh, yeah. because in your Hallmark romance, you have like the kind of small town or rural farmer's boy. And then the career woman who just hasn't made time for love in her life encounters him in this like, you know, um, rural area. And, and, and then love blooms, right? Like it's such a Hallmark rom-com setup. It's so funny. <laughs> Can I just say uh, exactly what you want to inspire your big action rom-com Hallmark <laughs> movies? I know. <laughs> I know. And it's so sad because I feel like so many people have not seen the great romantic comedies, which a lot of them came from the 80s, I have to say. Sure. Um, a lot of people haven't seen the great romantic comedies, so they think this is what romantic comedies are. And then when directors like this take romance, romantic comedy and fumble it, then the male audiences who often don't watch straight romantic comedies also think, well, that was boring. Why did I watch that movie? Like, you know, it just makes me kind of grumpy because (laughs) there's so many good movies people could be watching to see what it can be. And yeah, like these bad rom-coms just get mass produced and just like put out in the universe to pollute everything. I don't know. There's a place for them. There's certainly people who love them a great deal. And you can find interesting things in some of them, especially some of the LGBT friendly ones that are coming out more lately. But Mm -hmm. still, yeah. 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 And I I did, I guess, have a little bit of a Wrath of Khan vibe from the being tortured with bugs. Oh, okay. Uh, You you know, you know, whole thing. I, I would have loved to see more with that. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things we could mention, but I'm sure your listeners would also like to have the fun of bringing some of those up. So sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what? In that case, I will read down the finished puzzle list here and then we'll get to some closing thoughts. But we talked about what's your number? Red Notice, Knives Out. We threw the Gray Man in there as well. The Lost City, Shotgun Wedding, Romancing the Stone, Bond movies, Night and Day, If Looks Could Kill, The Before series, Before We Go, John Wick 2, a bunch of MCU, Black Widow, Captain America, Winter Soldier, uh, Bullet Train, Hallmark movies, and Wrath of Khan at the end there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think um, the number one thing here is that this is a valid subgenre of a subgenre that can work really well given a good romance, given some good action and given some good jokes. Just didn't all kind of pan out, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any, like any things about the movie that we didn't quite get to while going through puzzle pieces that you wanted to mention? Yeah. One big thing I do want to say 
I really feel they did a disservice specifically to Ana de Armas's character because they keep having her do really incompetent things that no CIA agent would ever do. Like mm. if I'm if I'm out here in my living room, CIA agenting better than your character is, there's a problem. Sure. I mean, she's like walking down dusty roads, like talking without any disguise on the middle of the road, talking about the mission, like in front of other people. Like, I'm like, what is this? Like, and then just like bickering during the fighting scenes, like, a little bit of that is okay. Like romancing the stone manages that while keeping the stakes high, but they just didn't manage it in this movie. All I thought was Ana de Armas seemed kind of incompetent. Like she wasn't really doing her job well as a CIA agent. Right. And she wasn't given a really compelling romance and she wasn't given any jokes. Like my husband, I liked, we always watch movies together. My husband, Lee says she just looked sad the entire <laughs> movie. And I'm like, I have to agree. I really think she's a good actress. She can do good work, but she just, wasn't either given the script or the direction to do that in this movie. Her yeah. action looks fine, but when you undercut that by making her choices seem bad, that really does a disservice to the actress, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. And uh, yeah, I mean, the only other thing I wanted to say or maybe ask you, um, how many times do you think they say the phrase the tax man in this movie? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> terrible. They were so attached to that. And how much money did they have to spend to get that Beatles song? For oh God's yeah. Sakes? Like oh half the God. budget probably. But... <laughs> yeah. Rivaled only by the amount of times that, that other characters said, you have so much sexual attention or you need to get a room. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. I think that does it for Ghosted. Uh, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Um, You know, not one that I've watched recently, but I really just do want to reiterate there are some great action rom-coms out there. Check out Romance in the Stone. Check out Jan de Bont's work, you know, on Speed or Twister, if you somehow haven't seen those movies yet. There are ways of blending these genres that just work beautifully. And yeah, that's all I want to say. I actually have uh, my Speed uh, DVD, which I haven't seen the movie in probably 20 years. I have it sitting by my TV because I'm planning on watching it in like the next week or so. I can't wait to revisit it. Nice. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for doing the show. Uh, tell people again where they can find you and your podcast. Yeah. So you can find every rom-com at our website, everyromcom.com. You can also find us on Facebook, every rom-com podcast and blog on Instagram at every rom-com. And on Twitter, at EveryRomComPod. And I, I get on Twitter a fair amount. So if you just want to have a little discussion, I'm happy to interact with you on any of those places. Yeah. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being here. And hopefully we can get you back again sometime soon. That would be awesome. Thank you, David, for having me. Check out the Sonic Cinema podcast, where film critic Brian Scuttle takes you through the year discussing classic films, reviewing modern hits and misses, covering film festivals, and interviewing filmmakers and film critics. Click subscribe at YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, and other platforms, or follow along at www.sonic-cinema.com. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Ghosted. Thanks to Jennifer Howell for joining me on that one, and thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, if you enjoy what we do here on Piecing It Together, um, definitely make sure you're subscribed. We've got a lot of episodes on the way, so uh, yeah, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and if you like the show, maybe drop a five-star rating and review. That would be really awesome if you did that. You can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join my Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where I continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. 
And don't forget about the Produced by David Rosen Patreon that I told you about at the top of the episode. Lots of great content there, early access to episodes before they go up on the feed, and a whole lot more. So check it out. It's patreon.com slash Rosen if you want to support the show in that way. Um, with that said, I guess let's close this thing out with a piece of music like I always do on these episodes. And I think I'm going to go with something from my latest album, More Content. And let's see, what should I play for more content? I'm going to go with a track called Trapped in the Beat. This is from my latest album, More Content, which just came out on December 31st. And I actually just released a new music video called Ascending from this album. And I've got a couple more videos on the way. Who knows, maybe I'll end up with one for Trapped in the Beat. I don't know. But I hope you enjoy this song, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.